IABC Ottawa presents a media-style production. The Voice takes listeners inside all corners of the communications, marketing and creative sectors. It's real-life stories from the ground shakers of Marcom. What can we do to help you take your career to the next level? I'm Tina Barton and this is The Voice. Hi, I'm Nadine Sisk. I'm the Vice President of Communications and Member Services at CropLife Canada. I fell into agriculture, actually. I'm originally from Saskatchewan, but it wasn't until I moved to Ontario uh, that I found my first job in agriculture. I'm actually a journalism grad by background, and uh, this may be the happiest accident of my career ever. I think the future for communications in agriculture is just limitless. There's a huge appetite for telling stories about farming, whether that's here in Canada or the United States where farming is really extremely sophisticated, to other areas of the world where the problems that farmers face are much more basic. It is a community and so farmers in North America are definitely talking to farmers in Europe and to farmers in other developing parts of the world. So there's, there's just so much still that can be done in communications for agriculture. MediaStyle is a progressive, digital-first public affairs agency. Our team are experts at crafting strategy, creating content, and building communities of action, and measuring the results. We're passionate about what we do. We're innovators in social media and interactive design, and we're helping shape the new Canadian media landscape. So come visit our studio in downtown Ottawa. We'll put the coffee on and chat about how we can help you tell your story. Hello everyone and welcome to the show today. I'm your host Tina Barton. Today I'm joined by Nadine Sisk, Vice President Communications and Member Services at CropLife Canada. Now CropLife Canada is the trade association that represents Canada's plant science industry. They deal with issues such as pesticides, plant biotechnology and even genetic modification, so some sticky subjects there. They're also an IABC member, which we always like on this show. Today we're going to learn a bit about Canada's agricultural and horticultural industries and what it's like to manage communications for issues that are commonly misunderstood and even malaligned. Welcome to the show, Nadine. Thank you, Tina. It's great to be here. Let's start by learning a bit about your industry. What can you tell us about agriculture today? Where is it at? Oh my gosh. Well, Canadian agriculture has got to be one of the most exciting industries in the whole country. There's such a need for um, feeding the world and doing it in an environmentally sustainable way that I, I truly can't think of another industry that's more exciting right now. And who are your audiences at CropLife Canada when you're doing your communications and your public relations? We have a few audiences. I would say that farmers are definitely one of our primary audiences. We want to make sure that we're communicating with them about the products that our member companies manufacture. But we also want to talk to Canadian consumers because ultimately um, the products that our customers, the farmer, use um, benefit Canadians as well. And so we want to help them to understand how it is that we're making things better for Canadians. And we also want to answer the questions that we know they have about both pesticides and plant biotechnology. Related to that, I've, I've heard you say people generally don't have much of a relationship with farms these days. You know, I think one of, one of the more 
frequent misconceptions that we have is um, people don't understand that in fact pesticides and plant biotechnology are both really thoroughly regulated. So when they hear stories um, that sound frightening to them, they maybe take them at face value without recognizing that in fact these products go through you know, over a decade worth of research and are really thoroughly assessed, not only here in Canada, but around the world before they're usable by farmers. I've heard people say that the problem is perhaps that when genetically modified foods first came to the market, that uh, the communicators of the time for those manufacturers and those companies didn't do a good job educating the public. They didn't really set the scene and bring forward enough education. So as a result, there was that space for the naysayers and the opponents to rush in what do you think about that? I think that's quite likely true. Um, you know, these products are originally developed for use by farmers because the goal of our companies is to help farmers do their jobs better, right? Grow more food on the same amount of land, do it environmentally friendly, um, help them pr to protect their crops, the food you and I will ultimately eat from insects, weeds, and diseases. And so when plant biotechnology was introduced, I suspect it just made sense to talk to farmers about how these tools actually help them accomplish what they need to accomplish. Um, and getting back to the earlier point about the gap between consumers and farms and how people don't understand farming anymore, the average consumer, it seems to us, um, is able to easily overlook just the impact that insects can have on a crop or fungus if it gets into a field. Those are really devastating for a farmer and so that's why these tools are important. We maybe should have spent more time earlier on explaining that to consumers instead of just to farmers. If a farmer uses a crop that has been modified through plant biotechnology to resist a herbicide, which is a type of pesticide, that farmer is um, able to enrich his soil. And here's how that happens. Instead of going through the field and churning up the soil to control weeds, the farmer is able to go over and spray a pesticide. That means that the soil isn't disturbed. Not disturbing the soil means it's less likely to be subject to wind erosion or water erosion, things that degrade the quality of, of a farmer's land. The other benefit of using these two technologies together is that when the farmer is done harvesting the food that you and I are going to eat, they can leave the stalks of the plant in the ground and basically it's like one big natural uh, composter. The, the stalks degrade in the soil adding extra nutrients. Um, that's an important story for urbanites to understand because urbanites care so much, like farmers, about the environment. It gets challenging, though, in terms of how do you reach everybody about um, those sorts of stories. And so, you know, we've worked on, on doing that. One of the ways we've worked on doing that is encouraging farmers to talk to the people that they know about why they use the technologies, because they really are the best position to explain firsthand how they're seeing environmental improvements on their farm as a result of using these things. And so that means talking to people who come to the farm to buy or talking to people if they're selling at a farmer's market or trade shows, pretty much any opportunity they have. Truly any opportunity they have. You know, people in our industry, um, because some of these mis misperceptions are so rampant, you'll find whether you're at your kid's hockey game or you're at a wedding, people want to ask questions and so there's lots of opportunities to do it and I think one of the exciting things about one-on-one -on -one communications even though it sounds old-fashioned is you've got the credibility opportunity and you've got an opportunity to be responsive it's clearly not the only way we go about communicating with consumers 
but it is an important one and one that we're really excited about. One of the challenges that we face is obviously the companies that belong to our organization, they're large companies. It costs millions and millions of dollars to create a new technology. So naturally, many of them are very large. And so um, we, we get this challenge where people say, oh, these big companies, they're just you know out for themselves. The fact of the matter is our organizations, our companies do some really humanitarian work. And when they get the chance to talk about the ways in which they care about the people that are being fed with the food that's grown on Canadian farms and the ways in which they care about the environment that farmers are stewarding is really compelling because these are human beings that are very altruistic about what it is that they do for a living. And now some of the ways I've seen them getting the message out is on Twitter through AgChat. That's just one example, but you probably know of other hashtags. Maybe you could share a couple so our listeners could check it out if, if they're curious. Sure. Um, AgChat is a good one. Ag More Than Ever is another one. Uh, it's a Farm Credit Canada uh, initiative about uh, instilling more pride in what's going on in Canadian agriculture. Also in agriculture, what you get is hashtag plant 2014 or hashtag harvest 2014. So if people are kind of curious to know what farmers are dealing with as they're out in the field seeding or as they're bringing crops off, those would be a couple of interesting conversations to monitor. Yeah, that's really neat. Related to that, I came across some nominations in the United States that just opened this month for the Social Media Farmer of the Year. And this is about awarding farmers who've embraced the digital and social marketing measures, which just shows how much the communications landscape is changing. Absolutely. You know, anybody who's involved in agriculture right now wants to talk about what they're doing. We've talked about the gap. And it's something everybody recognizes. Um, consumers want to know what's happening to their food, how's it being grown, what's going on in the farm. And farmers are only too happy to answer those questions because they've got great stories to tell. They're proud of the work they do and they've embraced social media um, like you wouldn't believe. Let's talk about your organization though, because I, I know that you've produced a calendar. <laughs> We absolutely have. You know, um, we've been having a lot of fun in our organization because we have um, challenged ourselves to do things in a new way. Social media is obviously one of them, but the calendar is another. This is We've done two calendars in a row, and um, this year what we've done is we've combined about half of them are Canadian farmers talking about how they use technologies on their farm, and the other half are sort of more international figures, people like Hillary Clinton, Mark Linus, Norman Borlaug, who talk about the true opportunity of plant biotechnology and pesticides to um, do things that will help the world, like feed more mouths and protect the environment. And now did Hillary Clinton work with you personally on the calendar? <laughs> nope, can't take credit for that. You know, these are some public statements that have, uh, that have been made and we just want to help ensure that more people are aware of the breadth of individuals who are awakening and supportive of the role of technology in agriculture. You know, we believe that there are opportunities for farmers to farm however they choose. Uh, we certainly are supportive of organic farmers and in fact, our members supply products that help organic farmers protect their crops as well. But we really do feel that given the misconceptions that surround um, some of the technologies, we want to participate in, in clearing those up. Absolutely. Now CropLife Canada is an interesting organization with a, a pretty big audience and variety of members. Could you give us a quick rundown of some of the ways in which you help your members? Yes, I'd be delighted to. Um, well, 
we do things such as we have a program called Confident Conversations. So it's exactly what we were just talking about, helping people who work in our member companies recognize when's a good time to have a conversation and how to have that conversation without feeling um, personally attacked because it's not personal. So we do that. Um, we also have a really large annual conference. Um, every one year it's in Ottawa, next year it'll be in Calgary and, and vice versa. I have to jump in and say Chris Headfield went to your conference last he year. Did. We get great speakers. We, we really truly do get some great speakers and it's a combination of um, people like Chris Headfield who are just inspirational and uh, speak to the bigger world around us. But we also have speakers who are very much focused on agriculture. We do things like um, we encourage uh, people in our member companies to learn more about how to get active on social media. Um, we also work with some of our grower groups and, and friends to uh, ensure that their voice is heard because they maybe don't always have the same opportunity as we do to, to reach those audiences. So how can people learn more about CropLife Canada? Well, you can visit us on our website, www.croplife.ca. We're also on Twitter. And uh, quite honestly, if people are interested in learning more, we always welcome phone calls and our contact information is on our website. Well, thank you very much, Nadine. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm sure the listeners have learned a lot and maybe you've even changed a few perceptions and influenced a few future conversations out there. Thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of The Voice. I'm your host, Tina Barton. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tina M. Barton. I'd love to hear from you with story ideas or just tell me your thoughts, what you think of the show so far. Thanks a lot.